we like to call it the supernatural hour. And now, our hosts. Hey, welcome to the Supernatural Hour. This is your host, Raven. This is Doc. Chad's here. This is Jess. And here's Emmett. Sorry, I had, I've had a crazy day today. I forgot we'd started the podcast. Well, we have started <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> we started it. Chad's looking at me like, and go, and go. Okay, I have to tell you guys something. Chick-fil-A lies. It's a good lie, but it's a lie. Have you ever had what their di- about? Have you ever had their diet lemonade? No. It is I like full fat and full sugar. <laughs> well, so do I, but my body doesn't, so I can't eat any carbs. So I ordered the diet lemonade last week and I I didn't drink it cuz I thought they lied. This has sugar in it. It's too delicious to be diet. So I ordered it again today and it's the same deliciousness. And I even double checked when I when they gave it to me and like, "No, this is diet, right?" And they said, "Yes." It is just freaking delicious. So you know, this isn't our first Chick-fil-A reference, if anybody out there is interested in sponsoring. Chick-fil-A, if you're listening, we'll sponsor you. I'll keep telling them your diet lemonade is freaking... It's like fresh squeezed, and I swear there's 8,000 calories in it, but it's diet, apparently. So, you know, there's that. Minor miracle. So, for the business, it's brought to you by Castle Photo Art. Go to Castle for your photo needs. Yeah, he's awesome. So what are we doing for business? Um, we have a couple of new investigations up. Yeah, so our Dead Talk and um, our October investigation yeah. coming up. Dead Talk. That's what we call it. Dead Talk. Um, a paranormal experience. It's going to be... You like, get it? Like a TED Talk, but it's a Dead Talk? Exactly. <laughs> that was my idea. I'm taking credit for that because that's like the only amazing thing I'll do in a very long time. <laughs> Go on. I'm listening. So on September 16th at 7 p.m., we will be having our dead talk, a paranormal in- experience presentation from 7 until 8.30. And then at 9, um, for those who p- purchase the tickets with the investigation, will be investigated from 9 to 11 at the thing. So there are two different tickets. There's a ticket that's $10 just for the presentation, the Dead Talk, a paranormal experience. And there's a $35 ticket, which is limited to only 25 individuals. Um, and that one, you know, same presentation, but then we'll follow it with a, an investigation at the theater. And those, uh, those 20, are they're actually going pretty quick. So, I mean, we put it up and we've sold like four within, what, like an hour. Yeah, so so if you want those, hop on them. This is a fast. hot take. Uh, what is the main topic? Uh, the first one is just kind of paranormal 101. Just so kind of who we are, what we do, why do we do it, what are the ghost hunting, ghost investigating basics. What are safety procedures, what to, to do to protect yourself. We'll talk some about equipment. What to do if you brought a demon home? Pretty much. <laughs> Call Wisps. <laughs> I was going to say, call us. We'll come, we'll come fix um, it. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun investigation. We have investigated at the Hub Theater. We did one last, what was it, January or February? Um, and it was very successful. Very, there was, we get to see if your creepy bear's still out in the back. Ooh. Oh, jeez. That yeah. was a creepy bear. You know, we went and checked it a couple months ago. It was still there. Yeah, it's a, it was a little stuffed bear thing stuffed animal bear toy that was all grungy and like creepy so 
There was a funny story with that because one of the other groups went out to check on it at the same time as the other group and they scared each other. That was hilarious. <laughs> like, we all about wet ourselves. And so, that's an awesome venue too. It's that I actually saw a, a an orb with my unaided eye in one of the theaters. Yeah. This is in American Fork? American Fork. Yeah. The, the Town Hub Theater. I even got it right that time. I always say like the Hub Theater or the Town Heat Theater. It's the Town Hub Theater. It's like right on Main in Street, American right? In American Fork, right on Main Street. Yeah. And, and Emmett, when you saw that, wasn't it a different color? It wasn't just white. Wasn't it pink or green? Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was pink. Awesome. And it was, it was up towards the ceiling. And a couple other of our uh, uh, investigators saw it, too. So it was pretty neat. We also have our October investigation scheduled. Um, we haven't got the tickets up on that yet. That's going to be at the, the Levitt Cemetery in uh, Ogden. And we investigated there a couple of years ago, and it was really, really cool. Um, we had a great night that night. We're looking for a, a repeat of that one. But that's a... That's a, a, a great, great venue. Um, okay, so that Levitt Cemetery investigation is going to be October 22nd. I believe we'll probably start that about 8 o'clock or 8.30. We'll get a little more information on that yeah. as we get that up. We don't have it up on Eventbrite yet, but we'll be putting that up pretty quickly. In addition to that, um, Doc, you brought something out else up that we've got going on. This weekend, mm -hmm. Supernatural Insiders Meetup. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. For all of the insiders, we have a, a little soiree and get-together. We call it the Shindig. And we have uh, our insiders, and they bring guests based upon their patron level. And we're going to do an investigation. And we're going to have... Chick-fil-A. Chick <laughs> like I said, sponsorship, please. <laughs> Yeah, it was delicious. We have their chicken strips and all their dips, and it's amazing. So we're looking forward to that meeting with our with our patrons and their guests. Yeah, so if you want to get in on that, you they bring sides. And you know what? Last year, the sides were all amazing. There was not a nasty side to be had. I remember a bow tie pasta. Yes. And uh, all you have to do is hop onto Patreon, become a, one of our patrons. There's different levels for your, you know different budgets and different stuff you want but you get fun swag and you get to come hang with us and that's this weekend the 27th yeah, yeah so our next podcast will tell you how amazing it was and all the fun you missed because you weren't a patron we learned how to investigate on a full stomach yep exactly in addition october is going to get a little busy for us spooky season we have a few library presentations you want to talk about that raven um so the library presentations are kind of fun uh they last about an hour and, you know, again, we just kind of go over some basics of ghost hunting, you know, because it's, it's a library presentation. They don't want to get too, you know, down and dirty. And then we do a really brief investigation, just enough to, you know, kind of wet their whistle and, and give them a taste of it. And we've actually picked up some regulars from these library presentations, but we've got four lined up. So we've got one at the Central Park Community Center in Salt Lake, 25th South, 4th East, on Thursday the 13th of October. Chapman Library is on the 14th of October. Um, American Fork Library is on the 21st of October. And then Springville Library is on the 26th of October. 
So if you're interested in any of those, contact the libraries because I think they do control seating on a lot of those and tickets. Those are free um, presentations by the libraries. You look perplexed. No. Um, we do have one other little thing we can throw out as long as we're talking about spooky season. So I was on Facebook and noticed that the Indian Hills Haunt is officially going to be the 28th, 29th, and 31st of October. So we'll have information about that on our website. Yeah, that's a fun one. That's a great back... When I say backyard haunt, it's not just a little haunt. It's a, it's quite a production. It's done by our Klaus, who is sometimes on the podcast, and he does a phenomenal job with that. Anything else for business? No, that was a lot of business. That was a lot of business. Our, our four listeners have <laughs> given up, and we're getting well, you know, spooky the, season. This is the busy season, and yeah. and there's really there is a lot more paranormal energy in the air in October than any other month. So if you only get out, you know, once a year, that's the month to do it. So I understand there was some investigations, a residential investigation. Anyway. So, yeah, we did a residential, um, and it actually wasn't our residential. We were just asked to come in and assist on it, but there was a woman who uh, woke up to see um, pictures of herself on her camera, and she lives alone, you know, pictures while, while she was sleeping. And it looks like a man in a cloak with his hand, you know, reaching out to touch her. So she actually called a medium, and the medium worked with us, and she just asked us to kind of come and assist and to make sure there wasn't anything else there because it sounded pretty nasty. But it was a spirit named Gossamer. And it was really interesting. He didn't present to me as like a person standing up. He presented as like energy hovering up at the top of the ceiling. But he was actually there as a protector spirit. Um, her daughter was there. Her daughter had passed with some health issues and the daughter was there hasn't crossed didn't really have a message just wanted to hang out with her mom she said that she knew how to cross when the, when she felt like it was time for her so the only other thing there was a type three in the neighboring apartment so we you know salted and, and he didn't come into the apartment he just was kind of watching hoping that maybe this homeowner would get scared enough that he could swoop in and take over but gossamer is pretty strong and um, put up a barrier of some kind. He kind of kept him out, kind of kept him at bay. But we went up and put just salt and on the um, wall, adjacent wall, mm -hmm. and then saged it just to get the bad juju out. But it was, we weren't there for very long because it wasn't as nasty and scary as we thought. Yeah, things, things hovering over you when you're sleeping and you wake up is like a nightmare for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see how that would go. So I think that kind of wraps up the investigations and the things we've got and the upcoming investigations. So let's move on to the main topic. We, we have this thing of we don't know how to pronounce stuff on our show. Who wants to take a stab at this? I'll try it. Awesome. Because I listen to some guys talk about on, it, on YouTube and they drop the silent T at the end. So Marcel Petio. I'm going to go Petio no. on that. Petio. He sounds French. He's, oh, wait, well, he, he is, is French. French. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> That's why they sound. But I took very, you know, close, you know, yeah, the T was silent. He's a very interesting guy. He's born in like 1897 or so, and he killed a lot of people. Quite an interesting story. Doc, you want to give us a little information that you got? Dr. Marcel Petio. See, that's why you needed to do it. So. A.K.A. Dr. Satan. I mean, if you're going to have a moniker, go yeah, big. Go. 
I can't, even, I can't even aspire to Dr. Satan level. I, I don't think you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't. He was he was a pretty bad dude. Yeah, you said he was born in 1897. Sounds like he had a pretty disturbed childhood. You know, based on the things that they said were going on in his childhood, if he hadn't been a child back in the early 1900s, I think they would have figured out what the issues were. They would have figured out he was a psychopath. Yeah. Well, wasn't he? He was a child of privilege, and his father kept bailing him out, you know, and that that still happens today, unfortunately. Yep. You know. Yeah, they don't. Kids don't learn consequences. When there's not repercussions for your actions. Marcel, as a child, you know, did, did small things like bringing his dad's gun to school, uh, soliciting sex from another student at the age of 11. He was pretty messed up. I, th- I heard there was like animal torturing. Yeah, torturing some animals. Uh, all of the red flags that I think would have been picked up on in the modern era. Um, but yeah, so I was like, geez, Louise, you know, in 2020s, I, I don't think he would have gotten far. <laughs> Got, gotten that far? I would hope not. You know, the problem was, like you said, he he never really, oh yeah, he also was like robbing things and he was a kleptomaniac and I mean, lots of red flags. But he was always, he was always bailed out. And anytime that he had evaluations, they're like, yeah, I mean, he's just crazy. And then they just let him go. He's, like he never he's really kind of, kind of mentally ill. <laughs> didn't so. really go to jail or anything, especially at, well, at a younger age. Of course, they were just like, oh yeah, he's just mentally ill. And just then in the go. the early nineteen teens, he went into World War One. Yeah, he got drafted by the French army. Which if you're going to draft people, you want to get the crazy ones, go right? With the, go with the crazy ones who already have experience with guns. Obviously, <laughs> don't have to train as much. <laughs> So. Well, he was able to get away with a lot of stuff because he you blamed the resistance. Oh, I'm doing it for the resistance. Yeah, that, well, that was, was World, World War II. II. That was World yeah. War II. But you're 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 absolutely correct. And he used you know we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, he well it a, a prolific liar. It kind of blew me. Away. I mean, even in World War One, I, I mean, he was stealing stuff, and they were like, "Yep, he's mentally ill," and that was about as far as it went. So eventually, didn't they? Put him in a sanatorium for mental illness and the issues after or during or after World War One. Yeah, but he got like redeployed. So he he was serving in 1917, and then they sent him to the front lines in 1918. Even after he stole a bunch of military like army blankets and got charged with theft, uh, and they he didn't really do any time there because they were like, oh, that crazy Marcel again. Let's let him go fight on the front lines. That sounds good. You can follow up on this doc because of your medical credentials, but I think it said it took him something like eight months to become a doctor. Yeah, which I'm sure was normal for the time, but holy cow. Eight months for a mentally ill guy to become a doctor. That's uh, that's frightening, actually. Well, there wasn't as much to learn in, in 1918, <laughs> yeah. I guess, either. You either chop it off or you don't. Like, I guess yeah, that's yeah. kind of where we stop. <laughs> yep. yep. That's true. When you're out of leeches, you're pretty much done. <laughs> I was oh, I was reading through with his uh, with his deployment on the front lines. He shot himself in the foot, and that is kind of what led to him being evaluated again for a mental illness. And they were like, "Yep, he's crazy," and they they discharged him on disability, and they recommended that he be committed to an asylum at that time. 
but instead they gave him an accelerated education program for veterans and he became a doctor. Wow, what an incredible <laughs> the, program. The person the person that I want in charge of my medical needs is the crazy guy. We need guy. to institutionalize this guy. You know, I'll do you one better. Let's just rush him through med school. That's, yeah, scary. Let's put him in charge of something. <laughs> oh, they do that too. Oh, yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's in charge of more than, more than just being, you know, people's lives and all. Holy cow. Uh, so, yeah, he ended up moving to a, uh, a small village, which I cannot pronounce. Villeneuve-sur-Yvon, or Sur-Yvon, I can't even pronounce it, um, and just started uh, amassing a bunch of patients that he would uh, he would find addicts and prescribe narcotics to them because who doesn't just love gaggles of And then narcotics. he would have them pay, and then what else would he do? Yeah, he'd build, the, he'd build a state as well. He would double bill and get money from his patients, and then he would also apply for, uh, for like, state assistance as well, uh, which is... You know, one of those things that sends you to prison for a very long time these days. <laughs> it's, it's insane what this guy was doing. Well, apparently there's not a lot that's going to send you to prison just, back just then. Just chilling dope to people and then double billing for it. So, yeah, Dr. Satan is setting himself up. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the bad part yet. <laughs> oh, no, this is all. This is all. This is very tame. This is all tame. It, it gets better. Oh, my gosh. So wasn't it about this time that he decided it'd be kind of cool to be the mayor? Well, yeah, I think, uh, so I was reading that he, he ended up hooking up with one of the, uh, daughters of one of his patients, and then she mysteriously disappeared. Yeah. Well, did we talk about why she mysteriously disappeared? No. Well. Go on. Um, he hired her to be, like, a nurse, like a, you know, like his aide. And the neighbors, after a certain point of time, thought she looks a little pregnant. Ah, that just, might be problematic. Might be in a motherly way. And um, then mysteriously, she disappeared. Poof. And he was, I mean, there was a lot of people that were like, dude, this Marcel guy, I don't know, seems pretty suspicious. Business where they saw him moving a trunk. They were like, that trunk looks like the one we found in the river with body parts in it. <laughs> <laughs> and despite all of that, he's still, he's like, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to run for mayor. I'm going to become the mayor. <laughs> despite the fact that, like, there's a whole bunch of eyeballs on you for a murder. And then the crazy thing is he wins. <laughs> what is going on in France in the 1920s? That's what I want to know. He was a well, everybody voting for him was, you know, it was... Uh, Depended on him for their drugs. All so. of his doped up patients are like, yep, yeah. now, is this we're this going Dr. Satan. He's got my vote. Is this the yep. same time that he was saying that he was on the, the resistance? And no, that was and later still. Okay, all right, I'll be quiet. This is the, no, you're good. This, that, we're still in the 1920s, working up to the 1930s and early 40s with the war. Yeah, yeah we're, he's, he's, he's still just in training at this point. For <laughs> we're really late 20s. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, the girl that um, disappeared or whatever, well, didn't really disappear, but uh, it was 1926, so we're getting to that 30s. Between the wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so Dr. Satan here, who has already had a history of kleptomania and... Mental illness. And, uh, you know, sex addiction type stuff and prescribing narcotics and double billing for care provided and mysterious banishment of people he might have been in relations with... I also got accused of stealing taxpayer money, cans of oil from the railroad department. Like, this guy could not stop. He just kept anything. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll take that oil. 
let me take the taxpayer money too. Uh, so we ended up in court again, and he was fined, and he was sentenced to three months was his sentence, but they overturned it again. Because know, he was mentally ill? I guess he was just crazy. It's This is the mayor. So And then, and then he... He either lost the mayor or they took it away from him. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, so it says he had several more years of complaints and accusations of threat of uh, theft. This was like from 1927 to 1931. They they finally removed him from office in 1931. Uh, and only a little over a month after he was removed as mayor, he won a seat on the general council for the district. <laughs> <laughs> after after all of the accusations of theft and everything else that he's done and then being removed to, to the point like, that you're removed as basically, mayor yeah forcefully removed as mayor he goes and wins a seat on the general council for the district and he was the youngest man to ever sit in that office but he was a doctor and doctors oh are well respected gosh, man but wait, there's more <laughs> but wait so then while he was on the district, like the general counsel, he got charged with stealing electric power from the city, and he was fined there, and then he lost his seat and moved to Paris. So, How did he pull that off? I don't know. A really long extension cord. I don't know. Yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Electricity was pretty sweet back then. Um, I have no idea. Sneaking it out in his coat at night after... <laughs> Just batteries and charging batteries and running <laughs> with it. I don't know, but holy crap, man. It was kind of like in the 80s when we'd boost <laughs> people's HBO. That's right. <laughs> we're going to splice this. So, yeah, quite the run so far. And I think we're getting kind of into this. His uh, This was all like first act stuff. Okay. Intermission. Okay, go, go get your popcorn. Second. Let's go get some popcorn. So 1933. He starts growing a medical practice in, in Paris. Because he's a, done with the small town. Now he's yeah. going to the big city. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Much had, more opportunity in the big city, I understand. Yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty good reputation there. Once again, was shilling drugs and making those addicts super happy. Uh, threw on some illegal abortions as well. There um, you go. Yeah. Well, you, want, you, you need to expand. That's right. He keeps expanding you know. the practice. And then he's, he's charged with kleptomania again. And then he's arrested for theft and assaulting a police officer. But he got acquitted because of he's crazy insanity. <laughs> this guy. It's oh, not like, his fault. Yeah. He did let's st- trust him with our medical needs, right? <laughs> I know. Like, what? I don't know that I want this guy anywhere near me ever. They did say, finally, spent a few months in a sanitarium. But then he was released despite the doctor's doubts as to his sanity. And then he committed tax fraud a bunch of times. And then Germany invaded France in 1939. And that made it all better. (laughs) Oh, and now my part comes in. Act two. And I have to apologize. I did not research this very much because school started today, and so I've been, like, wrapped up in school. But he did tell everybody that he was on the liberation, on the, the, you know, fighting against the Nazis. He was in the resistance. 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 So he was on the resistance, he claimed. Yep. And that was part of the way that he, you know, he'd tell people all these fantastic things. And it's kind of a great gig because, you know, you help people disappear. That's right. There's people that wanted to get out of Nazi-occupied Paris and France. 
and he had quite a reputation of helping people disappear. Yeah, he charged like twenty five thousand francs. Francs, yeah, money. Frank is Franks. <laughs> well, and, and um, that's like half a million dollars today. Yeah, and in addition to that, then he would tell them also to take all of the assets that they could and make them so that they could be carried. You know, I mean, bring them in gold or change them in, right. change them into something that can be transported. Because as you get out of the country, you're going to need those assets right. when you get to your new place. Before you get disappeared, bring everything of value to my that office. you have. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> bring bring all the family heirlooms, yeah, okay? Yeah. Sell your properties. <laughs> You're gonna want that. Sell your cars because you can't take them with it. You'll just lose everything if you if you leave it here. So just sell everything that you've got and bring it here to the office with you. And funny enough, those people did in fact disappear. Disappear. <laughs> Poof. That was my part. Where did they go? Well, we know where parts of them went, but we will wait Ar- for that. I know that. Right? Yeah, that was the claim, right? Yeah, yeah, they're going to Argentina. <laughs> yeah, he had quite, you know, that was kind of the, I've got a, I've got a way to get you to Argentina through, we're using Spanish resistance and French resistance to get you to Argentina so that you'll be safe there with every worldly belonging that you have ever transferred into a portable, easily scammed medium. Right. But you know what's crazy? Argentina requires some pretty amazing vaccines. You got to get vaccinated yes. before you go. Right. Well, got to get that. Right got to get, get those booster shots, guys. Yeah. Before <laughs> you go to Argentina, you've got to get vaccines in in 1939. And but so you know, that was that was the last shot they ever needed. That's right. That's right. Only one. Well, uh, yeah, cyanide. That's their vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> After all of these people brought all of their valuables to him. And he promised to make them disappear. With a minimum of 250,000 francs, as Jess said, was like a quarter million dollars? That's a lot. Or was it a half million? Quarter million? Half million. Half million dollars. Yeah. In today's money. You give them a little little shot of cyanide, and no one ever saw them again. No, they disappeared. He did, he promised. He, He got the promise. They And the way that he would get, I mean, obviously, you start stacking up some bodies, you gotta find ways to get rid of them. Mm hmm. Right? And so, you know. The bodies he would try to dissolve in like quicklime or bury them or burn them. Or burn them in this little stove. I saw a picture of the little stove. He tried to, to burn them in. But you'd have to chop them up into little pieces and kind of burn them, you know, over a long period of time. Hence, you end up with like 23 bodies in your basement. Yeah. Little <laughs> body parts, really. Yeah. Well, in that's in that's suitcases. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. get rid of them somehow. So what do you do? Yeah, the neighbors actually did. I did do a tiny bit of research. The neighbors actually did call the police at one point and say, you know, it's stinky in here. And right. I think, didn't the house burn down? Well, there was a whole bunch of smoke coming from it, yeah. and there was a nasty smell coming from it. So they called the fire department. They were like, I don't know what's going on with this house, but holy cow, there's a bunch of smoke. And, uh, yeah, someone needs to check this out. So, you know, the firefighters are like, do do do. And he was out of town at the time. Let's go check this thing out. He's like, don't go in there. Wait till I get there. Yeah. And then they waited like a like a long time, and they're just like, we need to go in there. And a uh, bunch of body parts. Yeah, so the police <laughs> and the fire department essentially came and uh, found the body parts of at least 10 bodies. At least 10 bodies buried in the basement, and then they found parts of other bodies kind of. And I think they said if they took all the parts, because it wasn't one, there was not one full human being, but I think they said they could make either 
and I don't remember exactly, but they could make either 10 or 18 complete people with the parts that they found. Right. <laughs> but probably more than 18 people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they could make 18 people with them. With what Pretty they found much. in the basement at this point. Oh, uh, Frankenstein's monster of sorts. Because he had he had disposed some of them in, in is it the Seine River? Yep. There in so, Paris. Yeah. He had disposed of yeah. some of them there, but it's hard when people start floating around and... So he's trying to think of a you know a much better way to help these people disappear completely and permanently, and the river wasn't wasn't hacking it for him. Interesting stuff there. Well, surprisingly, um, when they discovered this, he didn't really get in trouble at first because he's like, "Oh, it's just body parts of the people that are against resistance and all that," and they're like, "All right, that's valid." Like, yeah, because you know what? Cool with it. <laughs> like, what? I'm in the resistance, and and I'm helping. These are the collaborators, and these are German people. You know, these are the Germans, and these are collaborators. So that's why they're dead. That's why I'm killing these people. Is is not because I'm getting two hundred and fifty, you know, or twenty five thousand francs from from them and and every worldly belonging they ever have. I'm I'm working for the la the resistance. Re- the resistance. Yeah, so he's, I was a resistance fighter. Of course, I killed the enemies of the French. I mean, I don't know how they ended up in my period. house. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Bodies end up in houses sometimes, guys. That was kind of his whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Well, and, had and, he, like, lived in another time period, there's no way it would have extended this long because it's like, oh, this is a time period of, like, you know, war and stuff. It's cool. No problem. Yeah, well, yeah it was the perfect cover for him. And then he kind of claimed he was framed and, like, oh, no, other people uh, must have put those bodies in my house and stuffed them in the chimney and tried to melt them with lie. And then he would... I hate it when that happens. <laughs> climb. That, yeah, that's, that wasn't me. And then he would tell people, all of these stories can be collaborated by this res- French resistance leader and this French resistance leader. And this, and unfortunately, all of those guys had been killed. Yeah. So, you know... So they couldn't collaborate. Did that. they also, quote, go to Argentina? Unquote. No, no, they'd been killed by Nazis. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they were publicly, they had they, been publicly those ones were actually like executed like, yeah. and different things as they were found <laughs> they, from a resistance standpoint. They were just put to death. They, they weren't actually disappeared. Yeah, they didn't disappear on their own like the, the, the Nazis made sure they didn't disappear. Yeah. There was a Nazi plot to try to, try to uncover this pipeline that was getting people out of the country. Did you hear about that one? No, go on. I think it was the Gestapo or some part of the, the Nazi uh, military. They had heard about this, and they had actually got a Jewish guy and coerced him to go and you know put feelers out that he was trying to get out. The doctor had some of his drug-addicted patients kind of having their ear out for people that were doing this, and that's how he would bring these people in. Is, you know, people would be listening, people at the bar, how can I get out of town? Well, I've got a way, you know, kind of one of those things. Mm -hmm. Well, this Jewish man that was working not by his choice for the Nazis was actually, you know, he had told some people and they got the information and the doctor, they got him the doctor's name and they made the connections. And so the Nazis actually found out about his system about, you know, the disappearing about how he's getting people out, and they were thinking originally it was happening. They were actually going. To they, were, they were thinking that these people are going to Argentina, and they're trying to do that. But from what they said with that, when the Nazis actually did it and came in and kind of interrogated him, questioned him, they let him go. There was probably no proof anyone went to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think oh, that's oh, we're it. We're good. We're good. And, 
And I think on the other end, and they didn't say this directly, but I think on the other end, he was helping them do the things they were doing with the undesirables. Exactly. He was... He was he was Getting killing and dispo- disposing, disposing them, them. Yep, disposing and that was people. part of you know the Nazi thing was to to kill not only Jews but gypsies um, you know and anybody that had people that they anybody didn't feel fleeing from the Germans yeah <laughs> yeah if if you're trying to get away we don't want you to yeah and he he took care of it so that was kind of interesting that he even he even got away from the Nazis. I mean, they even kind of busted his his little scheme. Yeah, so kind of like if the Nazis, you know, find out about what you're doing and, and then decide, ah, that's okay, and don't take and shoot you, they must be thinking you're kind of working on their side. Anyway, kind of interesting for that part. So if you're bad enough for the Nazis to think you're bad, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't do anything to stop it. It's like joining their team. True. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. I mean, the way that they found all these bodies, he wasn't immediately arrested, right? Like, he fled. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he went into hiding with one of his patients. But he had a lot of people around him that I think were either willing to vouch for him or at least not uh, not out him for what he was doing, including, I mean, he was married. We t- You know, we mentioned that a little bit, I think. But his wife was likely a co-conspirator as she was profiting from all of this. $250,000 per pop and uh, and, but, and double billing for medical, you know, yeah. well, uh, care. Geez. And that was just the getting out of town. That wasn't anything else they had cashed out and bringing with them. Yeah. That was the entrance fee, not not everything that they may have brought with them. Yeah, so you could see how, I guess, with enough with oh. enough money and enough drugs, you can hide for a while. Yep. Well, he, he'd spent a lifetime in self-promotion, too, and he really did have apparently a lot of a lot of fans out there among the general public and people that believed his stories that he was a real resistance fighter. Yeah. So they did try to hide him as a, you know, as a as a hero. Yeah, it sounds like once they finally captured him, put him on trial, he was charged with 27 murders, but he claimed he killed a total of 63 Germans and collaborators because you know, they were all bad guys in his day. Yeah, that's that's all he killed was collaborators 63 in between between the years 1940 and 1945 he was found guilty of the 27 murders and 99 other criminal charges and was sentenced to death by guillotine and he was sentenced to death on may 25th 1945 and his his last words i don't know why i find these funny gentlemen i ask you not to look this will not be very pretty <laughs> well, the interesting thing I found when it came to his execution is they said he just seemed so nonchalant about it. Like, he didn't even care. He wasn't worried. I mean, this man was so psychopathic. He had no feels for anything, even himself. He's just like, hey, guys, it's going to be a messy. See ya. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I had a good run. And I do have to go <laughs> back to his wife. If you were his wife, wouldn't you be, like, sleeping with one eye open? I mean, wouldn't you be afraid to make him mad? Yeah, I mean, he already he was already involved with another woman who mysteriously vanished and trunk. <laughs> Maybe he's not someone that gets mad. He's just someone that kind of murders you and gets even. Yeah, he might be. He might be a little more sneaky. But yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of like serial killers or whatever that like the wife joins in because it's like they become like obsessed or very like attached to this person and they would do anything for them. So maybe it's one of those mindsets. Yeah, and oftentimes they feed off each other. 
they yeah. didn't Maybe really she say was that just so as much. crazy. Yeah. Do you think the uh, the 63 people that he admitted to killing to was a form of confession for him? Where I'm sure he was keeping tabs, right? Like crazy people do stuff like that. He's like, yeah, you charged me at 27, but I would tell you, it's 63. I killed 63, but they were all bad guys, so I'm innocent. <laughs> right. I, my take would be that that's probably his count. Yeah, I would think so. He probably and he probably wanted people to to know, but not the same time i think he wanted the the notoriety the infamy that came with it but at the same time was still able to claim that he was doing it all for yeah. the glory the of france and the resistance the resistance yeah. <laughs> okay that was well, awesome he wanted, <laughs> he wanted that money i mean apparently he got over like two million dollars doing all that oh yeah you know you just think of the numbers if he's getting two hundred and fifty thousand from even half of the people that oh yeah that he that were there and dead yeah plus all the jewelry plus and the gold yeah. and everything else they brought with them to start a new life in a new country jeez louise so yeah i'll bet there's some bad juju associated with with mr marcel petiot and the hey, i i read there was a, the, there's actually a french movie that uh, was released in 1990 about uh, his uh, life during the world war 2 years I'd like, I'd like to see if there's a copy of that available. Maybe do you remember what it was? Do you remember what it was called? Doctor Petio. <laughs> with, with accent. <laughs> well, my grandfather was a full-blooded Frenchman. I was about to say our one French viewer is now unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> I did take French in junior high because I had a crush on the French teacher. Aw, that's cute. Which, what better reason? This is not the first time we've done a podcast about a serial killer. And you might ask, you're a paranormal podcast. Why on earth are you doing serial killers? We're not a true crime podcast. But the thing about it is you think about just how heavy, you know, just all the horrible things that this man did and all the body parts down in his basement, you know, so there's obviously dismemberment. And it would, I, I mean, is the is that house still standing? Is the building still there? Serial killers, just because of what they do, are just a magnet for, you know, troubled dark spirits, dark spirits. I mean, he probably had type threes, you know, evil spirits around him. Um, I mean, that's just a hotbed for some paranormal activity. He'd probably left a trail of negative energy and horrible residual energy everywhere he went. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder too what happens like when he dies, like, you know, is he around? Um, does he have like feelings or does he cause negative energy now? Is he, you know, what does he turn into? I don't know. Yeah, or does he move through something? I kind of envision people like this might be a little bit like in the movie Ghost, where you remember oh, the yeah. guy that the guy that uh actually killed Patrick Swayze when he got killed where those black things came and grabbed and pulled him down to hell. I thought that was kind of cool. That's what I hope. I was a little worried you were going to reference the pottery scene. Well, there's that too. Oh, the evil oh, part I, of Ghost. Yes. Oh, yeah, not the, not the romantic days Ghost. after the pottery scene. That was horrible. Oh, the embrace <laughs> from behind and everything. Creepy. When we were watching that documentary, yeah. <laughs> Brad's just shaking her head. We talk about that there are the our type twos, that there's the the ones that are coerced, and then there's the ones that were just really awful people at this point. And I I think that there's maybe some people not crossing over into the next realm and some people maybe not wanting to go, but I think some people 
some entities, some spirits may not really have much of a choice if they've done things way beyond. Right. So what I want to kind of throw out there is to our listeners. We've got listeners all over the world. Uh Uh-huh. Um, seriously, all over the world. I was actually kind of surprised at that. I joked that we've got, you know, our four listeners, and that's kind of a running joke we do every once in a while. But we actually um, have a pretty good audience. And if any of you are in France, where we'll be going to France, find this person's house, go there. Even if you have to be like Creepy Stock, which we have done before, um, and just stand across the street, put out your feels, take your equipment. I want to know. Yeah. Or if you've ever been there, let us know. Yeah, if you've Post been there. Post a picture. Send us a picture. Um, send us a picture. I mean, maybe the building's gone, and maybe there's a post office there now or something, but go stand there. But, What's you know, French, French, Paris is so old uh, that there's a lot of buildings that survived the war. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You were just in London, and how many buildings there predate the war that you were? I mean, a yeah. lot of them, right? Well, yeah, a lot of them were rebuilt, but... Yeah, because of the bombing, but right, there's but also the a lot there. of the structures that were there, and so there's a, there's a good possibility that a lot of that the building may still be standing. Can you imagine being the guy that the fourth or fifth or sixth guy that's rented this and doesn't know all of the <laughs> stuff that's going on in that house? Doesn't understand why pea soup shoots out of his toilet. That's hard to say. <laughs> pea soup shoots out of his toilet. What is this? Yeah, it would be interesting to. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just go give him this podcast. Give this a listen. Here's a realtor's number. Here's well, our growing num- up, here's I had number. like this. I had this thought of like, there's eventually going to be running out of room where people didn't die. Like, I started having that thought. Like, when I grow up and I get my own house, like someone's probably died in it because there's no other houses left. Like, I don't know. I'm having a squirrel moment. Jess, your microphone makes all these pretty colors. Yeah, um, I can also lightly ta- uh, touch the top and it goes mute. So I love it. I need but yeah, that it's microphone. Pretty colors. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a link. Okay. It's, it's pretty. <laughs> For sure. I mean, and the sound quality is not bad either. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Back, 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 back <laughs> to our podcast. Uh, but the lights are fabulous. I'm, I'm easily just. Dis- my name is Raven. I'm easily distracted by shiny things. True. Okay. All right. Well, that <laughs> was an shiny. interesting main topic. And just FYI, we talked about getting in touch with us. Uh, what is the best contact point? What should we? What email address should we be throwing out there? That's logical, so I'm going to look at Chad. Advancedparanormal.com. We've got some contact information there where we can go in there. The other one would be advanced.paranormal at gmail.com. Or, or just hit us up on TikTok or YouTube. Yeah. We could do that, too. And if it's hate mail... Castle at wisps.org. Just, <laughs> just kidding. It's where all the hate mail goes. <laughs> um, on the Advanced Paranormal website, we also have a lot of swag you can check out and buy yourself a mug or a T-shirt or a bumper sticker or tapestry. I still need to get a notebook for school. Yeah. And so, yeah, check it out. And then, like I said, hit the con- find the contact information. Let us know if you've ever been to uh, Dr. Satan's area of the world. I've been to Paris. I just didn't go to Dr. Satan's house. Next time. Next, next time. time. But yeah, interesting story about Dr. Satan. That would be a great vacation for sure. <laughs> yeah, and add the catacombs to it while you're there. Oh, Done. yeah. So, Emma, you got anything for us this week? Well, I just got a, a, a little one this week. A lot of people have used the, the SB7 Spirit Box. And you know, it's got a terrible uh, speaker, internal speaker. It does. Some, you know, it's just tight. You can't hardly hear it. Is uh, a spirit box the one that goes? 
Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's annoying to begin with, and a tiny speaker makes it hard to hear with. I was saying, but, if you're not uh, already on edge in a dark room, throw that yeah. sound in there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's that's the way we roll. Let's get creepy. But uh, some vendors sell sell that with a little uh, amplified speaker called a Sprout. I don't know if some of you have seen it. It's a little white plastic thing with a foam cover. It just plugs into the side. And that actually does an okay job. It doesn't come with all versions. But, uh, you know, sooner or later, you just you, you graduate to, uh, um, you know, an aftermarket speaker. And I found two that I really like. One of them is, the, is a, it's called the Simplicity Speaker. And it was actually uh, sold with SB7s for a while with it by a certain vendor and um it can it's bluetooth capable the sb7 is not bluetooth capable but you have to hardwire it but uh so you just plug it into the headphone yeah, jack exactly. in the in yep. the sb7 you plug it in yeah the sb7 has an output you plug it into there and the other end into the speaker and uh this one's the one it, it's actually cute because it says when you plug in the hard wire it actually says now in sb7 mode no, which is um, kind of cool. What the people listening don't know, uh, you and Jess are on Zoom, so I'm looking at you on a computer screen. You held it up so I, c- I could see it, and even Doc and Chad couldn't see it because I'm the only person that can see <laughs> the computer screen. Emmett, will you send us a picture of that so we can throw it up on the YouTube when this goes up? I will, and I've only... It's actually... I don't think it's been made for a while, so the one I found, I had to find on eBay. I couldn't find it on Amazon. That's interesting. I saw it on Amazon. Well, actually, I saw a case for it on Amazon. Hmm. A what? A case for it, like a little round-shaped case. Yeah. Yeah. But the other one I've been using, in fact, we got several of them, is the JBL Go 2, which is a little square one. It comes in colors, and and it is still very commonly available, and it does basically the same thing. And, you know, it'll run you about $25 uh, on eBay or, or Amazon. And that one you can get a little rubber boot for, so you know things get knocked around as we use them, and that that helps protect them. But um, and I'll get I'll get photos of both of those. But those are the two mainly that I pack around. They're small, you know. You could actually put the SB7 and the speaker in one hand and carry them around like that, and it just makes a world of difference over that uh, that pathetic little tiny onboard speaker. Right, and and if you're just investigating by yourself headphones are great with those exactly yeah yeah, it's it's perfect yeah the only time you need the external speaker is if there's other people one person yeah public investigation and don't go investigating by yourself get a buddy yeah ever that was a good disclaimer throw that out there There i mean (laughs) i'm someone that uh needs to hear my environment when i'm in a place that's a bit spooky so i think i would just use that because i want to look around my surroundings and hear anything coming especially in like an old you know creaky Place. Well, yeah. that's why you use uh, earphones with like a, a a recorder, an EVP recorder, because then you're hearing you know all the natural sounds too. But you'll hear the, the EVPs in real time over the headphones. So that's a good tip. Little never, little tricks you can thought about that. That's awesome. So that's Jess, it. oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I think that's awesome, Emmett. Thank you, Jess. Did you have a stone for us today? Yeah, um, I just was like, hmm, what kind of message do we need today? And I uh, picked amber. Apparently, it's transparency, calm, purification, creativity. 
and uh, what it's saying, it's kind of meaning is like, maybe I needed to hear this today. <laughs> um, an issue that is causing tension and friction in your life will soon erupt and come to a head. You're being urged to stay calm during this emotionally charged event. Express how you feel, but don't be drawn into saying things you don't mean. This event is, in fact, a blessing, one that is perhaps well overdue. Through it, you will realize where you stand and how others truly feel. And then I, I looked up like the meaning of it where other people are saying it and it's long been associated with good fortune fortune and according to legend amber brings good luck and helps you achieve your goals so i guess like you know bringing things to a head and then making it you know your life a little better and brings joy and happiness helps you find your true calling protects you from bad luck attract love and increase your financial status it's believed to be one of the oldest forms of natural healing cool and it's used to clone dinosaurs Oh, wait, that was another documentary. <laughs> I need more sleep today. Raven is just shaking her head I'm so me. tired today. I'm so tired. Uh, I think Amber's oh, beautiful, man. though, as a stone or a, I don't know what you call it. I guess you'd call it a stone. It's a fossil, right? It's Technically, a, it's... Yeah, it's fossilized sap. I, mean, I have, yeah. yeah, I have amber earrings that I bought at the Dinosaur Museum at Thanksgiving Point. Yeah. Amber's Is beautiful. there a mosquito in it? Right. I'll have to go look. Actually, if you go to, so that's going to be in Utah. It's in Lehigh, Utah. If you go to the Dinosaur Museum, and it's one of the best ones in the world. It's a museum of, um, what's it called? Museum of, I can't remember what Museum of called. Ancient Life. Ancient museum life. of Ancient Life, that's right. Uh, we just call it the Dinosaur Museum. <laughs> so uh, they have a whole wall of amber with different little things in it, kind of behind glass and little holes. You can kind of look through the little holes and cool. see it. Have you ever seen it, Emmett? No. Oh, you need to go to the Dinosaur Museum. And then at the very end of the mu- in the museum, they've got like this water and sand, and you can go in there and build sand, and they've got little plastic dinosaurs you can play with with the water. Okay, I'm in now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Once you got yeah. the sandbox. There we go. Deal. Yeah. And water. No, cat, no cats. It's got water running. Out. It's amazing. They've got a lot of interactive things for it, kids to do. It's an amazing museum. I mean, the, the fossils that they've got, the... They've got everything. And it's if you're looking for someone to sponsor, that would be the Thanksgiving point. Intent. Okay. Intent. That's cool. Well, before the junk drawer, I want to remind you all about Supernatural Hour swag at advancedparanormal.com. All of your swag needs, everything under the sun or the moon, I should say. Yeah. Yep. I guess it depends on the time of day. So for our junk drawer today, I've noticed a lot of posts on Facebook about um, Halloween candy. And when you go into the stores, you start to see Halloween candy in August. As far as I'm concerned, if there's Halloween candy in the store, you can decorate for Halloween. But that makes Chad and the neighbors a little weirded out. So I will wait till the last week of September. (sighs) Anyway, so... (laughs) It doesn't mean you're not buying stuff already, though. That is true. You know what would be cool for, for... For Halloween decorating would be flamingo skeletons. I have lawn. well, I have those. You do? Oh, yes. but oh she God. made well, them into vultures. Minor vultures. I've got flamingos. Oh, okay. You take the pink flamingo. You can paint them, and they look like vultures. <laughs> and you put little white fuzz around their necks. And you paint them black, and a little maroon nose. Cool. But I don't have skeleton ones. I mean, that's what I should do. Being in Florida. <laughs> yes, you should. So yeah, but if you paint them, the flamingos look a lot like a vulture. Anyway. I kind of want to hear what everyone's favorite Halloween candy is. And I know it's not Halloween yet, but there's Halloween candy in the store. So dang it, we're going to talk about Halloween candy. And I will start Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, 
are my favorite candy, but you make them pumpkin shaped or Easter oh, yeah. egg shaped or Christmas shaped. Christmas tree. And they're the best better. One. Uh, are you eating the Reese's Literally, peanut butter cup? Literally, <laughs> before you said this, I pulled <laughs> this out and I've been eating one. I yeah. look over and she's literally eating the peanut butter cup. Anyway. But those I shaped hope you ones. brought enough for everyone. The shaped right. ones They got are, extra peanut butter in them. They've got to. Yeah, I don't know. I, Ooh, I think yeah. the chocolate's a little thinner and a little more peanut butter, but the pumpkin shaped um, Reese's peanut butter cups are the best candy on the planet. Followed. They make one that's peanut butter on the outside and the inside. No, there's got to be a little chocolate on it for me. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I can't eat carbs, I actually found some low-carb Reese's peanut butter cups. You know, we could just get you a jar of peanut butter and a bottle of chocolate syrup and a big spoon. Not the same texture. <laughs> oh, it's a texture thing. It's okay. kind of a texture thing, but that's okay, not bad. If, if I'm hard-pressed, okay. Anyway, so followed, followed after that by... Um, Almond Joys when my kids were little. Mm. They I'd have, you know, parent tax. They'd come home from Halloween. Everybody had to give me one Reese's peanut butter cup, except for my one child who didn't like coconut. I would get one almond joy from him. Almond joys are my favorite. Okay. Definitely. Have you guys tried the Skittles Shriekers that have been out for the last couple of years? Ooh, no. So they so they used to have zombie Skittles, which were they look like regular Skittles, kinda like how they do the bean boozled thing with jelly bellies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every once in a while, you'd get a Skittle that tasted like the air that came out of an old tire. Ooh. And it was absolutely horrendous, like dry heave horrendous, <laughs> uh, to the point that they weren't fun to eat. Um, they have since uh, taken a new approach. So they have these Skittles called Skittles Shriekers. And they all look the same. They have different flavors. But, uh, you know, they look like regular Skittles. But every once in a while, you'll pop like a super sour one. And my kids love them. Because they can Are they t- like uh, atomic warhead sour. Yeah, they're not quite that bad. I mean, but you can definitely tell. You pop one in and you go, "Whew, that one was not like the other ones." <laughs> um, but they're actually really good. And my kids, you know, where the zombie skittles would like make you throw up, these just have a little extra sour punch. And my kids like sour candy, so they love them. So I already bought like three Ooh. bags of those. Um, Ipecac flavor. Mm. Yeah, they, no, those zombie skittles <laughs> were disgusting. But yeah, skittle shriekers. If you see them in stores, they're pretty tasty. I also like candy corn, and I know that people are really, really oh, polarized God. on candy what? corn. But so I what, were you born in corn. like 1926 or something? I love candy corn. <laughs> it is amazing. I do too. I can't eat it anymore, but if I could, I would eat my body weight in candy corn. Candy corn is one of those things for me that I don't think, oh, I'm going to go out and buy a bunch of this. I mean, at Halloween I do because I like it, but I mean, just in general. But it's like if there's a bowl of candy corn there, it's like, okay. And the best are the Brocks because they kind of have a honey flavor to them, mm-hmm. not just sugar. It's if they've got that honey vibe. Yep. When I, when I was a kid, I won a game of Blackout using, like, Mellow Cream pumpkins, the same, like, candy corn, you know, little pumpkin-shaped yeah. ones. Um, and I won, and the prize was everybody's Mellow Cream pumpkins. That they'd pot all over for the last yeah, hour. And I, and I ate, like, my body weight in them and got super <laughs> sick. And so now I can do, like, a couple of candy corn a season. Otherwise, I get... Super sick. <laughs> yeah, that's me. All six of them a year. I'm good. <laughs> that's yeah, for sure. And for a Halloween candy for me, you never see these or rarely see these for Halloween candies. Good and plenties. So, so Chad has said, if I ever just want to knock him off, I just have to go to Costco and buy a Costco-sized box of Good and Plenties and just leave them on his desk, and he'll 
eat his death. He's diabetic. I so. have I have no self control with <laughs> good and plenty. So if you ever with s- sugar coated licorice, <laughs> so, there, goes, there goes your alibi. <laughs> so if you ever see me walking out of Costco with a giant bag of good and plenty, someone better call Chad. And no, you're up to bad things. <laughs> give him a warning. So one year for Halloween, they had the best candy, and I think I just got it at Walmart, and I've never seen it since. I think I found it on Amazon, and it was ridiculous, crazy expensive. But there were these little candies. They were shaped like um, brains and hearts, and I think hands. There was like three or four different shapes. And body parts. Body parts, and you would bite into them. I think they might have had feet, but you'd bit into them, and there was caramel on the inside, but the caramel was red. Oh, those were the biggest hit. I don't even remember what they were called, but they were fantastic. They don't sell them anymore, though. It makes me super sad. And they were actually good, too. I ate. They went the way of the pumpkin taffy. I haven't seen those for years, either. The little orange taffies with the eyes and the the jack-o'-lantern ones. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Hadn't seen them for a while. And then Baskin-Robbins. You're not going to sponsor us because this is a bad (laughs) review. Baskin-Robbins used to have candy corn ice cream, which was amazing. And they haven't had it for a couple years, so... So get your no Baskin Robbins <laughs> until you get your candy corn ice cream back. Your enemy now. <laughs> your ice cream enemy. Suppl- supply chain problems. <sighs> no, supply chain problems. They have, they have a, it's a stupid thing where they do like their flavor of the year, and it's amazing, and you get addicted to it, and then they don't have it again ever. It sucks. Oh, you I hate it, it when that happens. Sad <sighs> stuff. Yep. Baskin Robbins is going to call for a so response. You're going to be like, no, not unless you put your candy corn <laughs> ice cream back. <laughs> stupid Baskin Robbins. Okay. When you talked about like the uh, the candy tax for for moms, yep. <laughs> um, I have this thing where uh, I don't finish things because I don't want it to end or go away, and I would let that candy sit forever to the point where my mom just ate it all, <laughs> and I wouldn't even notice because I just I just couldn't get myself to actually eat it. <laughs> but she which still one does that, by the way? I am my mother's daughter, and I do like sweet stuff. So, <laughs> which one's your favorite? So I like to go between like a chocolatey thing and then like a non-chocolatey thing. So uh, Reese's is a big one for me, but for a long time I ate too much of it. So like I'm sort of getting back into it. I like the mint Kit Kats and uh, sour Skittles. Like I, I ate too much where my tongue would hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm with you on the Reese's. If someone were to get me for Christmas, like, you know, one of those 10 pound Reese's peanut butter cups, it would take me a two years to eat it because I'd have to eat it like one snitch at a time because... Mm-hmm. Can't eat carbs anymore. It'd be hard as a rock. <laughs> or I don't melted. care. I don't care. I would still eat it. I am that. I am that mom that I'm cleaning out the car, and if I find a gummy bear, under the it's no, been on the floor no, for how no, long? No, no. Do it. Do it. If do it. If there's not too much stuff stuck to it. <laughs> Isn't it all melted and gooey into your car? No, like, if it's it didn't melted, melt into the no, car I'm talking carpet? it has to be an intact one. You know, one that looks like maybe it was there recently. Minimal carpet fibers. Yeah, minimal fuzz. One that's actually a bear. If it's melted into the carpet, no, I'm not going to eat it. That's gross. If there's too much. Stuff oh, Raven, I can never look at you the same again. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. But luckily, I can't <laughs> eat sugar anymore, so that won't happen. But gummy bears are delicious too. Okay. So, Emmett, what's your favorite? Well, I, I like, I'm with you, Almond Joys. I, they're good. I love those. Nobody, nobody's, I haven't heard any love for Necco wafers. Oh, like those are good. Because every candies. once in a while you get a licorice one. So oh, and yeah. the licorice ones are the best. No, they're not. Oh, I love Even black licorice. like good and bloodies. 
when we went to the mill, I literally bought sour skittles and Necco wafers because they had the little little uh, country store at the Benson the Benson Grist Mill. mill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. I'm easy. <laughs> yeah, that's the different candies. I, I like some of the old ones. Um, you don't see it much, but the the blackjack um, oh, gum. Gum. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a Chico stick in there from time to time. Yeah. I remember going to the I gas like those, station uh, and getting Chico sticks. The little paper with the little candy bits on the paper, and you got to, like, suffer and eat some paper. But oh, yeah. those classics. <laughs> okay, That's so, news to me. You so, ever seen that? No. So I no. saw a story on Facebook about, um, and I don't know if it's true or not. It might be an urban legend, but someone who on Halloween, would hold out their bag of, you know, treats for the kids to get. And they would put a potato in it. Just at the very top. Just all this candy, you know, chocolate, good stuff. And then potato. And apparently this potato has just become, like, the neighborhood. You know, everyone's, all the kids are excited because they got the potato that year. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. So this year I'm going to have a potato. Kay. Do you think they'll take it out of the bowl when we put the the... 15 pounds of candy on the front thing and, and the picture of Jesus and says, be honest. <laughs> and you think someone's going to take the potato? Do you think that Chad has some issues over <laughs> Halloween candy? He wanted to keep it all. Halloween candy's for the kids, not for us. She buys like 15 pounds of very good chocolate, you know, Snickers bars and Baby Ruth's and all this. This is kind of the house to go to. And then we'll get ready and go out to the Indian Hills um, Horror Haunted House um, at like 7 o'clock, you know, to go down and help and get things ready. So we put a big bowl of 15 pounds of chocolate out on the front and a picture of Jesus. With a sign that says, please take only two or three Jesuses watching. Yeah, and then Dr. Satan (laughs) 2.0 is just going to take that whole bowl (laughs) and and bail, right? And then Chad wants to take two-thirds of it back in the house to eat it for him. Yes, I do. It's not for you. It's Halloween. I know. It's like $60 in in Halloween candy. In chocolate. In chocolate. You're a grown man. You go buy your own candy. I eat it while I'm passing it out. It is very bad. (laughs) The secret is to start buying it now. In some ways, well, I bought see, the I other would, candy. I would just, too. I would turn the picture, turn the picture of Jesus facing the other way, and, and then just take the whole bowl. But we came back. Well, have on the bottom. He <laughs> had like a picture of Satan on the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Someone's that. going to hell. <laughs> Oh, that's what it should say right there. Ooh, I'm doing that. But I didn't think I was going to hell for chocolate, man. <laughs> I am so doing that. Seems a little harsh. So we came back. We came back, and there was still candy in the bowl because the people in our neighborhood didn't want to go to hell. Last year, there were like three Smarties left. <laughs> there was more than that. Oh. All right. Stay spooky, my haunty friends. Have a good one. Hey, good night. Bye. See you next time. You've been listening to The Supernatural Hour at AdvancedParanormal.com. The Supernatural Hour is part of the Radio Ronin Network found at RadioRonin.com. Copyright by Advanced Paranormal Services.